You're listening to Verified, a podcast that centers conversations around equity and education. My name is Vanessa. My name is Mo. And today we have a very special guest. My name is Joseph Adamu, uh, director and founder of Sunday School Creative, and I'm just happy to be here. Amazing. Thank you, guys. I'm so excited to have you. Um, funny story. Uh, I DM'd you, mm-hmm. and we actually found you off Instagram through your documentary, um, Sunday School. So I just want to dive in a little bit about that and like what stemmed that creation. Mm-hmm. So Sunday School was a creative platform I began in 2017 just with a vision to um, change the narrative creatively in, in the city. Um, just providing more representation for people that look like me and just like putting out stories that were impactful and could impact people internationally. Um, Mind Matters, the project I'm here to speak about today, um, was a step into the direction that kind of felt uncomfortable at first. But after speaking to some people, I, I gained that composure and I was like, you know what, let's let's tap into a, a topic that people aren't necessarily tapping into. Um, the idea of mental health in the creative space, but more specifically, black masculinity. Mm. Um, I feel like a lot of the time men shy away from this conversation and I wanted to use a black male at the front of the video to showcase that it's completely okay to talk and open up and elaborate on these situations. It was two minutes. There wasn't much narration to it. It was a lot about emotion and just the idea of going through the motions. And um, it was it was powerful. Mm-hmm. So I co-directed it with Shea Yakinlade, a director here in the city. And um, we put together a very small team for production and kind of did it on the whim. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy to be here today to talk about it. I'm happy that it was featured on Art With Impact and... It's it's just the beginning of something else. That's yeah. amazing. You talk in um in the film. It had this quote that said, or at the end of it, it's like it's okay to talk. Mm-hmm. You just actually notion that right there. Yeah. So, in your perspective, why is it important to hold those conversations? We hold back way too much in the community. You know, I feel like a lot of people refrain from conversations that have anything to do with mental health. Um, speaking to the conversation we had previously off air, the idea of like a lot of the black people in the black community refrain from these conversations. And it's something that's grandfathered from our parents. Um, I feel like people that are in the spotlight right now, creatively that are, you know, changing the way stories are told, it's kind of our responsibility mm-hmm. to, to, to lead the way and let people know it's okay to speak and, you know, to, to vocalize and communicate. I actually have a friend group. We get together like once every two weeks or so, and we just come together and just speak about everything, family issues, community things. Um, update each other on how we're doing and because it's not always about the creative side it's not always about nine to five and working a job it's about coming together and just just keeping healthy mentally and physically you know what I mean so yeah I'm just happy that like something that I do every every so often is actually being put out there and depicted as Mm -hmm. as powerful yeah are those friend groups of males like is that a male like racialized so I do with my family sometimes as well but I I do with black male friends of mine as well um it's just important man and a lot of us aren't doing this we get together and speak about sports and fashion, other components of life, but not necessarily about how we're actually doing. Mm. You know what I mean? And a lot of the time we ask our friends, like, how are you? And it's, you know, it's pretty easy to say, yeah, I'm, I'm good, man. I'm blessed. <laughs> right. But a lot of the time we're not. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's about like really getting literal with the question and saying, yo, like, I actually want to know how you've been mentally. And I've seen friends break down. I've seen friends just open up about family stories and it can get a bit uncomfortable. But at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's cleansing. You know what I mean? So. How do you navigate through that uncomfort? It took a while for me. Um, 
I actually felt more uncomfortable doing it with family mm. just because of like the kind of family I was brought up in. And I felt a lot more comfortable doing it with friends. Um, so yeah, took a, took a while, took a bit of practice and exercising. But after like one or two sessions with friends, I just, it became second nature. That question of how are you, I feel like we, we sometimes overlook it and mm. it just becomes like a instant answer of I'm good. So I, I really find it interesting how you actually ask somebody, how are you doing? Yeah. And I feel like that's something we all have to get used to. But what is it about males specifically that you feel like is harder for them to open up about their mental health? We're meant to be in the driver's seat. Um, never passengers. We're always supposed to lead the way, lead the family. There's this mentality that we've been, has been engraved in our minds from young, right? And it's a traditional mentality that is quite toxic. You know, um, don't open up, be a man. And we refer to these things in the video mm -hmm. as well, right? We refer to stuff from the perspective of the mom. And I just think it's, it's just ill-mannered. And, you know, we're at a time now where especially being creative with all these ideas flowing through your mind and, you know, trying to balance a job during school, I'm sure we can all relate to that. Um, it, it becomes really hard, Yeah. you know, and a lot of people bottle up. I lost a friend earlier this year to that, actually. And I feel like just having the conversation out there more and, you know, encouraging more people to have those kind of conversations is, is necessary, whether that's through a seminar you went to or a workshop you took part in, um, anything at all. It, it, it goes a long way. That's amazing. Yeah. I, I do want to tap into the different ways, like, we can create those and foster those spaces. But I do want to touch on something. You said the mom said man up. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, like, in my experience, in my lens, I've learned that that's a toxic trait, but that's something we lose, like use all the time. Like even me, they're like, oh, man up, like you're a boss, like Definitely. you have to man up. So what does it mean to actually be a man in your perspective? I mean, you have your traditional, what's the word? Um, there's a traditional depiction of what a man should be. I think it's about just like being true to yourself. Um, you know, taking care of what's what's yours and being responsible, but at the same time opening up about when there's issues or when there's faults, mm -hmm. because that's kind of what it's about. You know, be a man, man up. You know what I mean? And it's like it goes both ways. Um, ask for help when you need help, though. I think that's one of the biggest things that I've noticed along um, along the way, and um, just like being sincere. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, it's it's a lot. <laughs> there's a, there's different there's different ways to look at being a man. I think it's a bit of a vague um, topic, but um, yeah, just. It's about the masculine side, but it's also about like being true to self and tapping into like your emotions as well. There needs to be a bit of a balance. I think it's important when you say be true to yourself. A lot of times people will give just vague advice mm. for you specifically. What were some of those things that you tackled that, that you had to tackle? Because I think that's something that people can actually relate to. Mm. Um, be true to self is just like vocalizing your feelings. Um, Writing in a diary if you have one, you know what I mean. Speaking to friends, speaking to family. Um, but what were you? What were you? What were some of the struggles that you faced personally? Opening up, opening up, opening up was tough. It took a while. Um, I grew up in the hood where it was like, man, that's not even an option. You know what I mean? Like, no, we don't do that. You know what I mean? Just certain things that just don't, don't, don't go. You know? Um, so opening up, and I think that took me being in a new environment. So I went to U of T where I met people from different nationalities and backgrounds, and really open me up to a different friend group and just different, you know, climate in general versus being, you know, f from where I am originally, where it was like, there's only one way to go and everyone was pretty aggressive and masculine and there's a specific tone yeah. that we had to live through. So things changed over time 
And um, I'm just happy that they did because I communicate myself a lot more now. I, I, I let things be known and yeah, it's, it's been a bit of a transition, but. So for that young boy that mm -hmm. maybe doesn't have the opportunity to leave like you did, what advice do you have or what, what would you recommend? Like if you were to go back and say, if I could do something different and I, and I don't have the opportunity to leave that environment, what would you do or what advice would you give? I'd go seek. Like I'd seek the people around me. Um, I, I, I'd look for a mentor, man. Like I didn't have one mm. for a long time. Um, I have a bit of a friend group that kind of, you know, takes me through the, the motions of certain things. But as far as like a, a mentor, someone that I look to to speak about these things, I never really had one. Um, and a lot of people say they find it organically, but and sometimes you just gotta go get one. Like, go yeah. get them. Go get a mentor. That's a, that's good advice. Because you know a thing or two about mentorship, and yeah. I know that you're a big advocate for creating mentorship mm -hmm. opportunities. What advice do you have for people that are actually that need a mentor? Honestly, I come from a space, uh, and I can kind of identify with you. I was Definitely. first generation um, going to school. I come from um, low income housing, mm -hmm. so I had to work my way up all the way. And why I'm so big on mentorship is because I didn't have mentors mm. in my life to guide me. And it was me reaching out, but I am a Leo and I'm super determined. Um, so me asking and like that anxiety in my stomach fuels me to be like, oh, okay, you're nervous. Okay, push through it. Definitely. But I know so many people from the hood who have social anxiety and especially with authority, we're told don't look authority in the eyes. When you're in institutions, they're like, look me in the eyes. So what you're taught at your home life versus what you're taught in schools is actually kind of prevents you from being able to seek mentors. So I think just being a mentor within your friend group, like I'm sure that those conversations, like I don't think you're just a creator outside. I think like, correct me if I'm wrong, but your knowledge and you finding out other opportunities and other cultures, you brought that back to your Very it, necessary. I think it's part of the creative actually education and just like further learning, whether that's through, relationships, conversations, um, books. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? There's always more knowledge to gain. And I've integrated knowledge and education into creativity. So, no, I definitely agree with that. Mm -hmm. yeah. Even, like, the fact that some of the smartest people I know now only watch documentaries. Mm -hmm. And it's because they had such a fear that, like, they were dyslexic, but they didn't know because they didn't get diagnosed. They didn't have access to that, like, medical attention. So now they're watching documentaries and they outsmart like me, who's like institutionalized with academia and education. Mm. And it, it's funny of like the what we think is um, intelligent or not. So with that, I just want to move forward on like the concept of like praying away your illness was also talked about. And when you come from, I want to say... I'm going to use my personal experience so that I stay within my lens and don't speak for other cultures, but... Caribbeans were so Christianized and uh, yeah. God is everything and like pray away your illness. When that was said in there, I was like, you know how many times like I had like an anxiety attack? My mom was like, yo, go to church. Yeah. So it's like that concept of like God can heal. How do you feel like that actually damages youth and yeah. they're not talking about it? But does it, it damage youth? I think it, it, give, it just like is a way to dismiss mm. what you have. Yeah. Um, just talking to that. I think it's beyond even being like a, like, a, like a Caribbean thing or like an African thing. It's an immigrant thing, man. Mm. You know what I mean? There's this notion of you'll be fine. Drink tea. <laughs> Peppermint right? with ginger. There's, these, there's, these, there's these, um, these, these phrases that are often repeated 
because they've always felt like they made it through that. Why can't you? Mm-hmm. Now, what is mental health? What is that? I, I, I was ill when I was young, but I, I found a way through it. Mm-hmm. Right? They, don't, they don't believe in the doctor. They don't believe in the accuracy of a doctor. They don't believe in the accuracy of being diagnosed. Like It's like it's one way or another. You know what I mean? And to speak to what you said about are they being damaged, I feel like they are because they feel like there's only one option. There's only the way of praying it and, and being optimistic and, and finding ways through drinking tea or like, you know, praying. And that's not always the case. But then it's hard because like you mentioned a point earlier about being grandfathered in some of, you know, what our parents or the advice that they give us. It's not necessarily that they're damaging us, but how do we find a solution for that? Or what do you think is a solution for that? Because you go to school, you learn one thing. And then you go home and then you learn another thing. So you're almost conflicted in a way. Yeah, which is why, like we said earlier about um, just like parents getting that therapy. Mm-hmm. It's very necessary. Don't get me wrong. Most of them won't be like, won't, won't obliged to it. Dude, you know I tried I mean? to tell my mom huh. to go see a therapist and she looked at me like she was going to whoop me. <laughs> yeah, like she said, happened. do I look like I need help? And in my head, I was thinking something completely <laughs> different. <laughs> so having that conversation with your parents, maybe it's not therapy, but maybe it's also some education. Mm hmm. Yeah, I do think it has a component like you're talking about university and friends, a large part, like most of my anxiety attacks haven't been in front of family. Um, Some of them have been like my family has maybe caused that, but it's been with people who I feel comfortable with. Exactly. And sometimes like family is who you're most comfortable with in a certain aspect It's who like your ride or die. Like you get to share some truths, but mental health like. I feel more comfortable having those conversations with people who understand it. And one of my best friends, she's Nigerian. She does not like call her parents for that. And like, we'll form a community and have those conversations because there's a safe space within each other. So when we can't go home, it is that like aspect of just beyond mentorship, just like what is friendship and what, like, are you being a genuine friend? Like, are you actually there for people when they're struggling and are you just like when they're quiet and you know they're not at their best? Or are you just like, oh, they're in a mood? Or are you literally like, yo, like you said, can I check in with you? How's your mental state? And that's something I pride myself on. People get super uncomfortable, but it gets to the point when they're angry with me, they'll just be like, hey, you said this, it upset me. And it opens up a different dialogue for communication and like a real friendship to exist in. Definitely. I mean, something that I noticed that you both share is creating a community mm-hmm. of like a safe zone with friends. I never really, I've never done that. And that so- sounds like it would actually work. But f- to get that started, to create that, what would you recommend? Like you've got a couple of guy friends that you pull in. How do you do that? Do you call up your homies and say, yo, let's talk about our feelings on Friday? Or how do you build that? What's Thanks. the first step? Because I feel like that could actually, Vanessa, you're saying you have that. Mm-hmm. You have that, Joseph. So what, what is that? Interestingly enough, uh, I kind of started off in the library um, during my fourth year of university. I was spending a lot of time with friends when we weren't doing work, just like sitting together in the noisier area and just speaking about different things. And it went from like the conversations of sports to like the conversations of like real life events. And real life events found its way transitioning into like how we're actually feeling. Right. Mm -hmm. And that led to group chats. And the group chats have led to like actually sitting down with friends as like responsible adults and talking about these things. So it's benefited me in that way for sure. I'd love to expand it even further. But to speak about Mind Matters briefly, um, I've taken this as far as in- integrating into Sunday school. So for Mind Matters, the, the the video, we didn't just put out a video and say, hey, consume it online. We actually had an event at Launchpad. Amazing. Where we brought together 30 plus um, youth that were in the creative space for a two-day period 
on Saturday and Sunday. It was um, February 16th and 17th, I believe. So it was during Black History Month as well, completely calculated, right? Um, And we had um, them open up about Instagram, open up about Twitter, open up about social media, open up about the online experience and how that might intertwine or reflect the offline experience. What were some of the key takeaways from that? Um, So I did speak heavily upon the idea of like getting together with friends and having that community. I did speak about um, sitting down with your parents and really like opening up and being truthful about mm-hmm. what that is and how that's changed. I um, We did speak about the idea of taking breaks. Huge. Yeah, Huge. I agree. Taking yeah. Bre- like literally taking breaks, not 30 minutes in between tests. I mean like, like literally taking some days off and just focusing on healing and just making sure you're at the same level you started at. Um, and people are making friends and connecting. And I feel like when you bring people together, um, you, you notice that a lot of people are going through the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But it's not being spoken about. So you feel more you feel more yeah. confident about it, right? Um, and like I said, Instagram, Twitter, we're speaking about YouTube and all these things and co- cancel culture and all these things that are, you know, popularized now mm-hmm. that, you know, are just facades in a way. You know what I mean? 100%. Kind of come and go. And then we have the idea of the likes now, you know, with Instagram and they're taking away likes and people are like, like, does this affect my validity online? You know what I mean? Does this affect how people are going to view me? You know, like, do I have to show a company my likes to show them that I'm able to do this influencer gig? Like, it's just a bunch of conversations that I'm, you know, starting to hear. And it's like, man, how, when do we get here? Mm-hmm. In your, <laughs> in mind is matter too, yeah. just going off of like the likes and validifying, like validifying yourself. You say never not enough. Mm-hmm. And that statement, I I immediately had like my own understanding of it. And I'm, I gave it meaning right there. But I just want to know. I have two questions, like, mm-hmm. but I'll ask like the Sunday school question after. But um, what what created like what is what does that mean to you? Never not enough. So I think one of the most beautiful things about that film was the idea that everyone on set was kind of going through the same thing. So we kind of gave ideas along the way, and the director um, Shay Akinlade um, tapped into the idea of like feeling like there was always more to be done. Mm-hmm. It was never time for breaks and whatnot. So we decided to add it as a bit of a detail into the set. Um, as if Matthew, the lead role, had written it on his board before um, before leaving out to work every day. So it's a bit of a reminder and something to like keep him motivated. But um, yeah, you kind of take these terms and these phrases and these quotes as you can. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like whether you take it as a positive influence or a negative influence. But um, yeah, the goal is just to have it there, have people focus on that idea and think about it while the video is um, playing. So it's a beautiful depiction of what like the average college student or university student could be going through. You know what I mean? Yeah. What does never not enough mean to you? You got to go personal here. I want to know <laughs> what it really means yeah. to you. Um, it's like, kind of like what I was speaking to before, just the idea of give it, your, give, it your, give it your all, but even if you don't get the result you intended on getting, it's fine. Yeah. And like as simple as that sounds, like, a lot of people overlook that. You know, can you, can you give an example of that happening to you recently or in the past? Like a yeah. specific example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, when I had my first show in 2018 for Sunday School, like just to open and just break the ice in the city of Toronto, um, we were denied by maybe like 15 galleries. Wow. Um, denied or just not answered to at all. And uh, it was very, very like, not depressing, but it kind of like killed my, my sense of encouragement. You know what I mean? I mm-hmm. did, didn't feel I was motivated. And then... Um, I had a friend that had to speak to another friend to speak to another friend to get me a venue in the city that was like a non-for-profit um, government um, 
gallery space here in the city. And it wasn't exactly what I wanted, but it let me know that I can still practice or I can still exercise my vision in the city, you know? And I hold myself to a very high standard. So at first I was like, man, do I even do it anymore? But it's like I put so much work into pre-production mm-hmm. that I was like, man, like, it's enough. It's enough and you're going to make the best of it. That's amazing. And um, that's a bit of a deep... Um, that's, what we, that's what we want to hear. We bit of a deep, hear, in, deep, yeah. deep depiction of what I'm speaking about. But yeah, like, I just wanted to speak to the idea of just like, make it work, man. Or like, it's fine. Like, there's going to be another opportunity. You know what I mean? And well, work with what you have. Yeah. Well, people don't see the struggle, right? Like, I go to your page and I'm like, whoa. Fashion icon. Stop this, man. Stop. <laughs> like amazing filmmaker, amazing producer, director, creative director. And then I'm not seeing your struggle. Mm-hmm. I get your struggle through knowing why and like you do your creations, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. I think is so meaningful. Because some people are like, oh, it was just an idea. I thought it was cool. Yeah. But when you create something because like literally that was your life experience and you want to use it as a way to inspire and motivate people, I think that's when your work speaks. Because I'll watch documentaries on like depression all the time i'm like i don't know why but that did not make me feel anything yeah because it wasn't relatable and i think understanding like you're talking about through a like black male perspective that like you felt like you couldn't open up there's been times like even now people are like you're not opening up to Mm -hmm. me Mm -hmm. to the point i used to memorize the same story wow um because that was a story i felt comfortable sharing and then people thought that was my worst story i'm like oh my god if they only knew my truth yeah um to the point where it's just like when you are a public speaker like my dad got deported but i couldn't say that till two years ago to people and it would make me so emotional like talking about that and then i was like okay memorize it and act like you're you're using it as a way to inform people and like talking about that experience but i had to make that story something that built my platform to be like this is how i can help you instead of like actually understanding how it hurt me definitely which was for me when people were like you need to dissect your truth that was so uncomfortable to like open up and be my mom was like you keep talking about this story how did it actually hurt you and i was like that was something i was like no no i don't want to talk about Mm -hmm. so i think on different levels, like it is relatable when you get to share your truth. So with that being said, what is Sunday School and why that name? Oh, um, Sunday School, creative platform I started, creative agency I started just with a vision to work with brands, but also to change the way the storytelling was being shared. Um, for years, it's, it's, it's pretty clear that diversity wasn't necessarily a focus through a lot of brands, whether it's campaigns or commercials or whatnot. So instead of like seeking relationships with agencies, I just created my own and said, yo, you know what? We're going to show you guys that we can be excellent as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so started that in 2017 and we just like put out a bunch of passion projects without any budgets just to kind of put out there that, yo, look, we're able to do this. Wow. We're, we're re- really focused on detail. We're really focused on getting the community together and we're looking to make like an impact. Um, the name itself comes from a pretty deep, pretty deep, um, collection of things uh, so i grew up in the church um and sunday school is the service for youth mm-hmm. right that takes place during the service for adults and just the idea of the kids leaving the sanctuary to go to this classroom where they learn amongst themselves kind of gave me the feel of like how creatives come together for group tasks wow yeah right so i took that analogy and then the idea of education integrated in creativity made me feel as if like i'm kind of starting a bit of an institution here you know what i mean it's a school, but it's, it's instead of saying Sunday studios or like mm-hmm. Sunday crew, I'm like Sunday school, man. That's so powerful. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's, it, it's, it's, it's memorable. 
Um, I think I've attached it to the work really well. It's like a clean, well sought out um, group of people with a great etiquette. Uh, and I think the, the yellow in the logo actually symbolizes hope and optimism and the black symbolizes uniform. Hmm. It's really deep. Sorry guys. No. <laughs> um, and uh, I'm just so passionate about it. Every day I'm working on it. It's just like another opportunity to prove excellence, another opportunity to work with a brand and change the way they tell stories and just like, like create something that is, is everlasting. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a bit of an industry shaker, right? It's not, it's not your traditional route to, to, to agency work, but I'm proud of it. And I think it's only the beginning and I'm looking to make a global impact as well. So I'm excited for it. I think it's going to be really, really, really amazing in the coming year, in, in the years to come. What struggles are you currently facing right now? What Fund- are you working through right now? Funding. Funding's massive. Um, you know, whether that's me not being amazing at getting it or allocating those resources. Um, but yeah, that's kind of been tough in the, in the last bit. I'd say also consistency's there, but not as frequent. Mm-hmm. So everything I do is or everything we do is pretty good, but it's a matter of it becoming a bit more frequent. I have times where I take breaks and it's like, if I take a break, it's the brand takes a break. You know what I mean? Like I gotta do a better job of that. Um, formulating a team mm-hmm. has been a bit tough because you meet people that you, you think will be a perfect oh, fit. I or, struggle with we that. We all struggle I'm just, with I'm just that. being completely transparent. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, like, I like, like it's, 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 it's a bit of a struggle. Um, building a company is really building the team and finding the team is tough. the hardest thing I think it's you tough. could do. But even people like, you're dealing with mental health and the thing about like equity. One of my biggest challenges is when you identify with someone and you believe in them because of the story and the experiences they tell, not always does that translate into work. For sure. And when you're a hard worker, it like clashes. I think Um, also, sorry to cut you off. No, that's okay. Um, I think also just based off of personal experience within this brand, um, I studied it myself. I have that vision. I know exactly where I want it to go. I am completely willing to hear somebody else tell me, yo, I think we should go this way. I think we should change a few things. But the, the work ethic and the mm-hmm. dedication is just on a, a level that no one else can really imagine. So when you have that standard and someone comes in and thinks like they can come and give like 12% of the 100 or 20% of the 100, it's like, either you just not give me anything at yeah. all. Um, and I'll just go, extra, I'll add an extra 12%. And it's like, it's not a great um habit but i'm looking i'm working towards it and i'm working towards getting people that can actually help yeah so just to to finish off do mm. you take breaks um when it comes to taking breaks man I, I try um i'm making it more of a priority nowadays i'd say that it's it's important to you know take a day off or two and you know a lot of the time when i do take those days off those are the days when like emails get hectic or those are the days when mm-hmm. like phone calls get hectic or like meetings and whatnot so it's like sacrificing that sometimes and just like remembering how important it is to take those breaks. Um, so I'd say yeah, like once a week, I take like a full day off and then I take breaks like in in pieces and like during my day as well. Can you just define taking a day off? I feel like honestly people just say that, but they actually don't know how to take a day off. <laughs> partially disconnecting. Partially. partially. <laughs> when I say partially, I mean like I would like, I'd view... Like I view, like I'd be on Instagram or whatnot for like leisure purposes, but I'm not like, like making mood boards and like mm-hmm. connecting with people and like sending emails to like get funding and whatnot, um, etc. But uh, yeah, spending like a good eight 
10 hours offline reading and just like spend time but with is family. that is that taking a day off when you're reading or because for me i struggle with and honestly this is Tough. a struggle that a lot of my friends in the industry struggle with is taking a day off mm. and everybody keeps saying you need to take a day off but i actually don't know how and i find that a lot of people think they're taking a day off but they're not mm-hmm. Be like do you take a day off Honestly, I took a day off um, the other day to do my master's, and but that's not taking a day off. No, You're doing your master's. Yeah, but it was it was <laughs> to, it was to pri- it was to prioritize. But I also did not take a day off. I was on my email like every hour checking, and then to the point I had to tell my boyfriend to shut off my email from the MacBook. So it's like super problematic because I don't know how. So you got some help. One one advice that you can give to take a day off. What would that be? Like completely disconnect okay mm. like spend time with family like communicate in person with people mm-hmm. you know what i mean that's bad. um i'm having a hard time myself to be honest with you so now that hey, you said it it's kind of like man, you yeah. don't have to have the answer i mean it's a bit tough. we all share the same struggle here taking a day off I feel like yeah. we're, in a, we're in a day and age where like disconnecting is like almost impossible sometimes mm-hmm. like you're answering texts you're answering phone calls from parents sometimes that lead to emails Right. Well, also when you're a founder you're on the phone and then, yeah. or a CEO and you're the creative of your own organization, that's challenging. Mm-hmm. And people don't realize, because like you said, you're trying to give 100% to your organization. Yeah. People don't see that vision. So I heard this thing. It's like, and I don't agree with it. Uh, I think people should take breaks, but it's yeah. like, I'll sleep when I'm dead. And yeah. I see I that to, all I used, the time I used, on to, I, used to, I used to tweet that. Sorry. But, <laughs> but when you're in the hustle mode and someone tells you, take a break, I'm like, you're not in my shoes. You don't Mm -hmm. know what I mean. Cause when I'm taking a break or trying to shut my mind off, I can't. But when I check my, it's like, for me, I might be a little weirdo, but when I'm check marking boxes off my checklist, that is my therapy. I feel so good and validified like that. I did what I needed to do that day. But when I'm at home and I know there's 50 things I could do and I'm not doing it, that it stresses me out. But just to go off the topic of like you being a, creator creative director a producer and a founder what inspired that change because you used to be a wardrobe consultant so mm-hmm, what was mm-hmm. the switch for that um this sort of direction of my life started probably my first year of university i was getting really into fashion wardrobe and arts in general animation black history etc so i'd say wardrobe consultant was just just a scratch the surface to be honest with you as far as where I saw my career going, I kind of had a vision for it to, you know, take off and go that direction. Um, so just kind of like me having a vision and knowing that I want to learn more about detail and fashion and like how to present yourself better and then find a way to take that and transition into the arts and being behind the scenes and being a director and taking that lead. Um, so I said, I'd say if anything, it prepared me for where I am now. Um, and it's a pretty smooth transition. Yeah. Can I ask you, what is a wardrobe consultant? Like a stylist, uh, a, a so you can really that that's why you're swagged out. I'm actually I look horrible today. It's like negative eighteen. Oh that that's a horrible look? So damn. <laughs> Mo, I, I need to actually inform you of something. Did you know he was top forty oh, in GQ man. for the most fashionable? Come on. Don't it, do this, man. I just like you, Why are you so humble about if that? I'm you should keep, have been wearing a, if a I'm name being com- tag. If I'm being completely 40. transparent, Instagram, I mean, GQ had this thing called insiders um lists where mm-hmm. they like named off their top for 30 or 40 best dressed insiders. So people that like are dedicated to the blogs and like give feedback and whatnot. Amazing. And this is 2013, man. When I was wearing like, I used to wear like double breasted blazers to school every day <laughs> and suitcases and stuff. Like 
Yeah, I was one of those kind of people that would go like the thrift stores and like find the best suits and like bring it home and like find a like a tailor to like make it look really dope. And then I'm like swagged out in ten bucks worth of clothes. Amazing. You, got, you um, gotta write a blog or a book about that. Yeah, yeah. I'm, we're gonna we're gonna tap back into that when I like start taking um, that kind of stuff a bit more seriously. You know again. what though, for young creators that do want to go out there and and get a job, I think appearance is really important. Oh, very important. And how you present yourself. Do you feel like that's something that you can speak on? Yeah, definitely. I think it also plays to um, who I am, but also how I created Sunday School. It's a very pristine. It's very like clean. I'm really big on etiquette. I'm really big on like presentation as a whole, mm-hmm. whether that's through the work or it's through the people in the work. So subjects look clean. Um, sets look very clean and minimal. That's just kind of what I am. And I kind of, it, it, it spits through the work. Yeah. Do you think the way in which you dress and the way in which you present yourself has everything to do with your branding and how people actually connect with you? Not everything. I think before I was a little bit more like, like fashion first, like you see me, you accept, you expect this thing from me, but I kind of took a back seat and now I'm just kind of like laid back and dressed up when I need to. But um, I'm all about just connecting with people on a, on a, on a, on a like inner level mm-hmm. and the fashion stuff kind of comes through afterwards. Yeah. What's the nicest thing you found in a thrift shop? I hear crazy Man. stories. Yeah, you find some really, really dope brands for like 15 bucks, 14 bucks. Nicest thing. Um, I have this like fringe, I have this leather jacket, it has fringes on it. Um, really heavy duty like it's a real leather jacket <laughs> from like the 80s or 90s i got it for like 30 bucks i looked it up and it was like 800 wow so yeah that's amazing i like i'm really i'm a big fan of thrift shopping and i like to say i'm like bougie on a budget that's yeah. my that's my I quote like that. you know yeah, it, 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 yeah. You just fake it yeah. till you make, make it. it work you I, know don't even fake it it looks good it does look <laughs> you good. know what i mean like it's actually like everyone says, like I always look like I'm a million dollars. I was like, and it only it costs compliment. less than a hundred. Keep like, going, keep going. You know? Motivation. There's, there's an art to that. One hundred percent. And yeah. I think it too. I've heard a statement. It's like dress where you want to be, not where Ooh, you are. I like and that. I, yeah, I think I like that's that. very powerful. And then it's like too when you are coming from places like just a little advice for anyone who's listening who might be like low income. People take you more seriously. Mm-hmm. And it like actually gives you the chance to show your intelligence Definitely. when you do present yourself yeah. nicely. Um, it is very like a capitalistic thought, but when you are able to be like, "Hey, I look good, I'm presentable, and I'm really smart," people are like, "Whoa, who yeah. are you?" And I would love to like have more of you, Definitely. Um, which is very powerful. But That's just true. going back, mm-hmm. you mentioned U of T a lot, so I wanna I wanna wow. talk a little bit about that journey. Yeah, how did your degree in digital enterprise shape your career? Wow, you guys got very specific with the actual degree. <laughs> Never had that before. Research, um, research. We gotta give we gotta give a shout out to our producers. I appreciate <laughs> you guys, and you guys are wonderful. Um, thank you guys. Uh, so I went to school for management initially when I first graduated from high school. Um, management kind of ties into economics and business administration. Didn't love it. I was okay at, at math. I was okay at numbers, but I didn't love it. So I tapped into a program that had some management aspects, but also had design and had like, you know, creative analytics and all that kind of stuff. So I went into digital enterprise management, which includes like web design, commercial advertising, um, cultural aspects of creativity, Mm. community technology, um, integrated technology, a bunch of those types of things. I was taking courses in that, in that, in, in that field. And I just loved advertising and the idea of like selling through marketing and making people people feel good about things when they see it. 
And that right away tapped me into like creating something of my own where I know I can do that through photography and videography. So immediately I started practicing, you know, taking taking different steps through myself as a model. So I started off as a model, actually. <laughs> Amazing. Um, You've so had like 10 different lives, bro, from fashion consultant this to is my, model. This is my 11th. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so I got into modeling during school and that kind of showed me, man, like back to what we were saying before, presentation matters. Mm-hmm. And um, taking that with school aspects, formulating all of that. A few years later, we're here with Sunday School. We're here with, you know, a more a more elegant brand of my own. Amazing. To just go into that, let's talk about confidence and like to be a founder. They say entrepreneurs have to be used to failing, but you're also Mm -hmm. saying you're a model. There must be like a high level of confidence. Yeah, I think, so back to that idea of being a model, when I was in school, um, I was actually approached for the UTM medium. So the University of Toronto um, medium at school. What does that mean? It's like a school newspaper. Okay. Yeah, I was, there's like a fashion section in it where they wanted to like get the best dressed people on campus to take You've part in it. You've just been making best dressed lists since everywhere. I mean, everywhere. What, I, mean, what, I mean, what can I say, right? <laughs> um, so I took part in that and I was wearing like a cobalt blue suit, black tie, white t-shirt. I had a poppy on. I had like uh, a top hat, dress shoes. And people were like, bro, where are you going? <laughs> and I took a shot outside, outside of the school and it made the it made like the, the main page of the- The front cover? Not front cover. I would have said that, <laughs> but it made the main page of the, uh, one of the main pages of the, new, of the newspaper. And um, people were like, yo, keep going. Yeah. I put it on Facebook because Facebook was popping those times. It's like 2012. People were like, yo, keep going, man. Like, this is, this is amazing. And I'm like, uh, I don't know. I'm from the hood. I'm not sure about modeling. Yeah. You know what I mean? But then slowly but surely I got into like Tumblr. I got into like magazines, old school, like Esquire magazines and mm-hmm. Sharp magazines from Toronto here. And I was like, yo, like I can maintain this and then gq happened and i'm like yo you know what like all right i'm gonna I'm end up taking this a lot more serious than i thought and to see that go from modeling to to helping other people out in that space is is, is remarkable yeah. so vanessa talked about confidence what about insecurities because mm. that's a tough one that not a lot of people talk about Why are you guys doing this i know he's hitting you it's not fair it's not fair it's always more eh? it's always I'm sorry more. i'm the good one um man i wish i was taller sometimes man I wish I was taller sometimes. I wish I was taller sometimes. I, th- I think about that sometimes. I think about what would that do different for you? If you um, were taller? I'm not gonna lie. Like when I was like 18, I, I I applied to like, I walked into a bunch of agencies, um, modeling agencies in the city. Not gonna name them, but I walked into <laughs> a, few, few, a few modeling agencies in the city, and I, I didn't get much luck out of it. I was here. Your height? Yeah, yeah. It was. I mean, it could have been that amongst other things, but that's what they would revert to, just so it's like not even like a chance. Because if it's height, like it's not a chance, right? Versus like, oh yeah, your hair's not cut. Okay, I'm looking my hair. Yeah. <laughs> right? So um, I heard that a few times and then people were telling me to get into like commercial advertising, which is just like, you know, voiceovers or, you know, acting in like little Tim Hortons commercials versus like runway. I wanted to do runway. That's what I wanted to do, right? Um, and I was motivated to do that and it didn't necessarily work out. But um, I think about it from time to time. So would really. you say that's like, that's one of your key insecurities? Do you have anything else that maybe impacts your your career or impacts you on a daily basis? Speech. I wish I could speak a bit slower. Mm. I feel like my mind and my thoughts run a lot faster than my mouth. So I end up saying things and like, you know what I mean? Getting into moments where I got to like slow down. So I've actually been taking, you know, a few classes here and there and actually like saying things out when I see them. So when I see a label, if it says like Tim Hortons, like Tim Hortons, mm. and slowly saying it to myself, I know it sounds like a 
something a child no, would do. No, but you know what I, I like? It helps. The fact that you've identified your insecurities and you're already implementing different strategies yeah. to work on. Oh, 100%. Like your height, I don't think you can really do much yeah, unless yeah. You, you wear some shoes with. 100%. Some yeah. height. But that's, I think that's really, that's, that's a great thing to do. I definitely agree. I also think um, facing those fears as soon as possible is the only way you're, you're going to get over it. If possible, you know what I mean? So I do that from time to time and I take it a lot serious. My, my family also has that kind of issue as well. So I think it's inheritance, but um, yeah, I'm completely fine with it. I feel like for the most part, I do speak pretty well, but then I have moments where I'm like rushing into it. Like when I'm passionate and I get too into it, I'm like scribbling off. <laughs> I'm like going crazy, but I have times where I'm composed and I know what my surroundings are like. So I'm like, I know how to take it a bit more slower than usual, um, but I'm working on it. And I feel like we all have our flaws. So it's completely fine with me. Yeah. This is a question that I think is is really important. So we've learned a lot about what you do. We've mm. learned about your, you know, your projects. But I, w- I want to take away, and Vanessa and I are really big on this, a takeaway for people to simplify it. Three steps. What, what are those three steps for listeners, for students, for creatives, if they want to achieve a career or they want to get into the same field or mm. follow your path? Um, ah, it's a deep question. I think to be specific to the idea of creativity and like me starting an agency, especially as niche as it is, um, besides being bold and taking that leap, I think it's about following your passion, finding that passion, discovering that step one to begin, um, creating a team. So important. I think a lot of people overlook the idea of like not being able to do it yourself. There's certain things that people can do, um, that can really benefit the the team, Mm -hmm. right? There's no I in team at the end of the day, right? And then just execution, just like like taking taking the taking the leap to like do passion projects that don't necessarily have budgets or don't necessarily have funding or backing that still allow you to you know showcase what you're capable of doing. Because I'm not gonna lie, I said it earlier in this conversation. Like Sunday school started off with about a year of just passion projects, stuff that looked really dope, and you would think that it had mm-hmm. funding or you'd think that we had people helping us out. But it's like three, four of us just putting our head down and saying, "Yo, I want to get this done." And we're going to make it happen. Whether that's going into our personal bank accounts, whether that's, you know, asking for help from friends or like renting a room from a friend that, you know, might let you use their bathroom for a first, first shot. Mm-hmm. We actually do that for Mind Matters. We actually use a friend's space for that, right? And just making it work. Like in urban culture, we call it finessing. Yes. I you know what I mean? Like just making, just making it, like making it work. There's no excuse if you really want to get to it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, follow the passion, finding that passion. So for you, what was that? Really quickly in one word. Finding that passion. What was that for you? Being one word? Wow. It doesn't have to be one word. Um, it's going out there and doing it, to be honest with you. Okay. Yeah. Um, it took me just like physically going out there and trying it and saying, yo, I actually like doing this and I'm not even getting paid for it. So like identifying. It. Identifying. Yeah. It. And then step two, building a team. which Building is a team. I'm still working on completely transparent. Like I'm, I'm still working on that. Um, you know, there's people that are a lot better than you at what, they're doing and they can help you as you're helping them. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, it's, it's an exchange of energy and then just putting it out there like executing it. And I feel like eventually passion projects will lead to funded projects. Mm-hmm. And then step three, which is basically building your portfolio yeah. and investing in yourself. 100%. Which I feel like you have done that with your project. Thank you. You've just released that's self-funded. Yeah. But you put it out there and it got everybody's attention. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It got everyone's attention. And including it, Vanessa's. <laughs> yeah. It was amazing. Appreciate you, Vanessa. Thank you. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, it's simple steps. It sounds like it's a cakewalk, but 
takes a bit of time to really like put it out there. And I think a lot of people I've spoken to in the past have dealt with like pump fakes or like having a bit of hesitation. Um, so it's going to take time. I'm not saying start tomorrow, but, you know, think about it and really just give it a shot. I even definitely. like that's a takeaway for me. Definitely. is just like the name of your program. Mind matters. Like I'm going to leave here and be like my mind matters. Mm, so definitely. just taking that on the aspect of quotes. But just to go into our last topic of discussion, mm. our podcast is called Verified. And it's the understanding that in the culture that we live in right now, it's very social media heavy and we're seeking validations from other people and our friends, whether it's just like looking good and then being like, hey, don't I look good today? And like receiving that feedback from yeah. your friends instead of it being val- like instead of val- validating yourself. Yeah. So how do you affirm yourself? Um, good question. I think it's about verification within. As, as like cliche as that might sound, you know what I mean? I f- like a lot of people, like I said, like, or like you guys have mentioned, we're in a day and age where like we need that like. Mm-hmm. Like the celebrity sees our stuff, whether it's an impression on Instagram stories or like they like our stuff or they share it on their IG story. We feel like we're like better because Drake has liked our stuff. Yeah. And that's exposure. And I love it. It's amazing. It can, get to, it, it can lead to other opportunities, but at the same time, it was equally as good before Drake liked it. You know what I mean? So verification within yourself. I never put out a project without telling myself, I feel like I've done what I need to do. Mm-hmm. I dig that. Has that happened to you? Anybody that liked yourself and you're like, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Who? Starting up, um, so Lupita Nyong'o actually <gasps> reposted our photo. Wow. Yeah. Look at Vanessa. She's For the people King, listening, she's like it. blushing right yeah. now. That's amazing. That was 2017. A, a photo of me, actually. I had to wow. put it in there. Yeah. That's huge. <laughs> it was one of the um, GQ photos, eh? No, nah, it was. No, nah, it wasn't. But yeah, she posted it, and I was just like, "Yo, this is amazing." But like, because I had that verification within, it was cool. But I, I kept it moving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So our last question is: If you could recreate the meaning of what verified means, what would you say? Ah, oh, man, that's a hard question. Why are you guys doing this to me, man? <laughs> um, stability. Hmm. In the sense that, like, I know it doesn't, like, necessarily, it's not the best synonym, but it's, like, the idea of, like, I I feel good about it. I feel good about me versus, like, she feels good about me. Thus, I feel good about myself. I feel good about me. Mm-hmm. And everything else is just extra. So having that stability within is, it's key. If, if everyone looked at it like that, we'd be fine. We wouldn't need badges because mm-hmm. it's, like, stability. Like, I'm good regardless. I agree. Yeah. Thank not you the so- best answer, but, yeah. No, that was amazing. <laughs> I think that's... I think every time someone comes on our show and the answers they give are so true to themselves in their own story. So that's your truth. And Appreciate I think you that's guys valid. We're redefining you. being verified. Exactly. Yeah, Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. No, Thank definitely. you, Joseph. Thank for you guys so much. Show. I appreciate you guys so much. Thank and you. everyone, please, if you're listening, go check out Mind Mattered and Sunday School. Appreciate you guys. You want to plug anybody while you have the chance? Um, Socials, websites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my Instagram is at Joseph Adamu, J O S E F. He's verified. A D A M U. Don't do that. <laughs> not don't do that just jokes with them <laughs> um, my Instagram for Sunday school is at S-S-U-N-D-A-Y so that's Sunday with two S's at the beginning dot C-O it's actually our website as well so if you plug in that exact name on your web web link you'll be fine um, and happy to be here thank you Ryerson for this opportunity you guys are lovely Amazing. appreciate it